Welcome to the Wisdom Talk Radio Show, bringing you insight, illumination, and inspiration in service to the world. We are a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living, conscious business, conscious relationships, conscious community, and conscious evolution. Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio. I'm Laurie Seymour with The Baca Journey. In today's podcast, I'll be diving deep into the heart of having loving relationships with my guest, Corinna Gordon-Barnes. If you've ever longed for deeper, peaceful connections with all of the important people in your life, or ever had the thought that, if only your partner would change things, change, that things would be lovely, you know, that, that wish for your, your other person in your life to do the things that you want them to do. Well, if you've ever had that thought, this is for you. Corinna Gordon-Barnes is a marriage coach. She's based in Cambridge, England. She and her wife, together for 13 years, have been described as the epitome of what a happy and healthy marriage should look like. She's a certified coach with over a decade of experience as an online entrepreneur. Corinna believes marriage is a source of mammoth personal growth, and that profound change in a marriage starts with one person taking radical self-responsibility. Welcome, Corinna. I'm so glad you're here with me today, and I know that this is going to be a juicy conversation. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you for inviting me. So, you know, we one of the things that comes up so so often in relationships is the issue of blame. We blame someone else for what we can't have or don't have. We blame them for being the way they are. Uh, why is that so important in a relationship? How does, how does blame show up? Hmm. Well, we tend to think about blame as being a bad thing because it hurts so much. So, like you said, our partner's doing something and we, we blame them and that hurts because it creates separation. And, and actually, I believe blame is really, really healthy. It's actually really necessary. If we're committed to personal growth, we want to just be all that we are, we can mm-hmm. learn so much from the blame that we put on our partner. Now, that's very different, Corinna. That, that's like heresy. <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, no, no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't blame. And there are actually three things that we do with blame that I've seen that we, that we do that aren't healthy, that are actually really toxic to a relationship. So the first thing that we do is that we throw that blame at our partner. So with my wife, this might look like, you know, you, you never listened to me. You don't care about me. You weren't there for me. It's really violent because it's that accusation. Mm-hmm. And it just gets thrown out and it can only cause disconnection, really. Unless we have a pretty saint-like partner, <laughs> nobody really likes to be, to be attacked in that way. Mm-hmm. So it creates the exact opposite of what we're wanting. You know, if I'm saying to her, you weren't there for me, I want you to be there for me. She's not going to be like, oh, and then come hug me. She's going you know, to want to defend in, in response to that. Because you've thrown it at her like that. Yeah, absolutely. So up comes the shield, 
you know, no, I didn't. You didn't know how busy I was that day, you know, and then it's just going to become an argument. We all know those kind of arguments. Mm -hmm. So, so that's toxic to the relationship. But then the other thing that we sometimes do, and especially when we're on this conscious relationship, personal growth kind of journey is that we think, well, we, we shouldn't be blaming. We should be spiritual and we should be evolved and we should, we shouldn't blame. And Meanwhile, while you're feeling awful inside. Exactly. So you're feeling awful and then you're just repressing it. And it's just, it's not going anywhere because it's not actually being dealt with. It's just being pushed down and then it seeps out in those little subtle ways, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, were you oh were you busy tonight oh okay uh-huh mm -hmm. you know that really like snide <laughs> biting below the belt kind of way yeah. um, which is which is actually no nicer or or any more connecting than the more obvious blame throwing it's just pretending it's just pretending it's just pretending and it just that, that resentment just simmers and we'll snap we'll snap at things because we haven't resolved the issue that we actually, we are, if we're honest, we're blaming them for something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, and then the third way that we can, can get into unhealthy patterns with blame is that we get allies. So I might say to you, Oh, Laurie, you'll never guess what Sam did. Oh, she did. You know, I came home and she was just on her phone and she didn't listen to me. And you know, you might, I don't know if you would, but you know, someone, a certain kind of friend would say, oh, that's terrible. Oh, I can't believe that she did that. You're not getting your needs met, Karina, are you? Um, and so it would be fueling that blame without, again, without it being addressed. And so in, exactly. in, in all of these scenarios, blame is not actually being addressed and being treated as the important thing that it is. I'm all, I'm all ears. I want to hear what the important thing is about blame. Yes. Yes. So the important thing is that whatever we are seeing about our partner is a projection of ourselves. So when I say, um, when I find a bit of blame, like Sam's not taking care of me, mm -hmm. if I can look at that and see her as a mirror, I see how I'm not taking care of myself. And, and the, the absolute basis of that is because I'm expecting her to and so I'm not taking care of myself because I'm putting it on her I'm becoming dependent I'm looking to her for to meet needs that actually are mine to meet and you're probably not taking care of her either are you Karina absolutely absolutely so it mirrors what I'm doing to myself and it mirrors what I'm doing to her and, and what's so beautiful is that if I can then look really, if I can get that blame. So the first thing that I do with clients is I have them get all of their blame down in something that I call the rant. Mm -hmm. And the rant, the rant is a safe container for blame. It's a way of expressing all of your blame in a, in a, a format that means you can then work with it. So one of the categories of blame is I want you to be different. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. You should be doing this. I need this from you. And what's beautiful about looking at that as a mirror is then we see, oh, this is what I want me to be doing for myself. And as you mm -hmm. say, for her too. This is my recipe for how I'm going to get, get happy and peaceful in this situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see what you mean. That, that rant, the whole idea of the rant is something that's so powerful when you look at it as, okay, I'm going to, to say this, I'm going to do this. And this is the box, the container that I yeah. can 
safely put this out in. I used yes. to teach that about, about jealousy in a relationship. Mm. And to tell someone, well, I, what I really want is I want you to be in the closet for me and sit there and be ready for whenever I want you to be there. And I'm going <laughs> to open that closet door and you're going to be exactly loving and wonderful and caring and <laughs> interesting, all the things that I want you to be. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just so much on the partner, you know, and it's, it's, we just leave ourselves and, and it's just a recipe for disaster because we're constantly depending on them following exactly the script that we give them. And, and, the, and actually the gift is that that script that we want to give them mm-hmm. is the exact script that we need to give ourselves. Because we have left ourselves. Because we have left ourselves. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're trying to play their part in our lives rather than playing our own part. So do you recommend that people uh, say this to their partner? How do, you, how do you work with that with someone? So my perspective, and it is a radical one, is that your partner doesn't actually need to be involved in you completely changing your experience of the marriage. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I do, do the rant privately so that I can be completely uncensored in what I write. You know, the things that I write about my wife, I never want her to read them mm-hmm. because they're, they're my thoughts. They're not actually actually about her. They're, they're my thoughts. They're how I'm perceiving a situation with all my interpretations and my assumptions and all of this. And then I can then just do the work of looking at those thoughts. I mean, there's, you know, the whole process that I teach. Um, I don't need to share that with my partner. Now I can but I don't need to in order for me to find peace in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is it always something that you recommend being be written or could that be verbally expressed in the privacy of one's own place? Yeah, written, written, because when we've got our thoughts on paper, it's like this, it's like um, blame is like, you don't want to just flush it away. And the problem is that when we speak it, it's gone out into the ethers and it's gone. Mm-hmm. And, and, and sure, that's a way of expressing it. But because I see blame is so precious that I want to alchemize that blame. And I need to see it. I need to see exactly the words that I wrote about her so that I can turn them around. I can alchemize them for my own learning, my own growth. So I wouldn't just like speak them to the wind because then they're gone and I can't learn from them. That's beautiful to alchemize the blame, to turn them around for your own, your own well-being and your own growth, your own awareness. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was working with a client and she was talking about her partner and um, so bitterly disappointed in him, you know, so, so disappointed at him not being who she wanted him to be for her and not meeting her needs in the way that she wanted. And when we came to really her taking ownership for how she could give herself what she was looking for in him. Mm-hmm. She started by saying, but I don't know how, you know, I don't know how to take care of myself. I'm not very good at self-care. I'm not very good at being there for myself and being gentle with myself. And, and so what we did is we looked at all those thoughts that she had put on him, you know, really exactly like put your phone down when I walk into the room, <laughs> you know, give me eye contact, give me a hug, run me a bath, you know, all the very specific mm-hmm. instructions that she'd given him. And then she was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is my recipe. I just follow these step-by-step instructions and I have clearly got exactly what I need to do to take care of myself. 
And it, she was just so freed by that because she mm-hmm. knew she knew mm-hmm. it because she'd, she'd given it to him. That's beautiful because you really are creating your own recipe for how you want to be in life. Yeah, absolutely. And how satisfying that she, she is with herself 24-7 so she can <laughs> always give that to herself. She doesn't need mm-hmm. to wait for him to come home or wake up or anything. Mm-hmm. And she has complete control over it as in, you know, she can, she can give him her script until the cows come home and he won't follow it. Right. But she is, she's got the direct route when she sits with that herself. Wow. So talk a little more about what you just said about it, your radical approach that you don't need to have two people together in a marriage counseling scenario for the relationship to come to a, a better place, to come to a place of, of a peaceful connection. Why does it yeah. only take one person to change the dynamic of a marriage, of a relationship? Mm. Because it's, it's our thoughts that are causing the problem. It's not the other person. And, and at first, this can be so, there can be so much resistance to this. Like, well, no, it's his fault. It's her fault. They're clearly doing that thing. But actually, here's what happens is we have, a, we have a moment in time with our loved one and there's the scene of what's actually happening in that moment. So let's say I walk in the door, um, maybe Sam's on her phone and she doesn't look up to greet me. Okay, that's, that's the scene. Mm-hmm. But then onto that scene, I play or my, you know, my mind plays this soundtrack onto it and it will be a, a well-oiled soundtrack. It will have come from the past. And it will interpret that scene in, in a certain way. Like she doesn't care about me. She's prioritizing her, I don't know, Facebook on her phone over me. She's not there for me when I need her. And that soundtrack is what's actually causing my pain, my disconnection. It's not what she's doing. Because her action without any interpretation from me has absolutely no power over my internal experience. So it's only when my soundtrack kicks in mm-hmm. that I experience stress, disconnection, frustration, resentment. And so that soundtrack is what's to work on, not her actions. So once, that, once you work on that soundtrack and, and you begin to shift that and see what it is, see it for what it is, really, um, yeah. how does that change the dynamics of what happens interpersonally? Yeah, so a few things. So one is that it doesn't mean that you can't make a request, right? So I could say to her, um, when I come home, I would really love it if you um, met me at the door or, you know, put your phone down. You can make requests, but I've actually found that that that's not really necessary because there she is on her phone, let's say, and this this is not particularly a scenario for me, but it's one that I hear a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, When I come in, to that room, our dynamic, our relationship, it can be so connected without the soundtrack. There's just connection because that is our default. Our default is connection. Our default as human beings, our default is connection and love and peace. So interpersonally, that's that's the given, that's the default. Mm -hmm. But only my soundtrack can take me out of it. So if only my soundtrack can take me out of it, that's the only, that's the only thing that I need to deal with in that moment. So talk a little bit about that default that you're just talking about. That 
I, I know what you mean, but I'd love to hear more about that, that, that our default as human beings is one of feeling connection to ourselves, perhaps to another. Um, our default is feeling that love, that peacefulness. Mm. Yeah, because I just find that that's what there when all the thoughts um, have dropped away. So let's say I've meditated for um, you know, a, good, a good chunk of time. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know you will have this experience and, and probably everyone listening, you'll have that experience where just like your mind is just quiet mm-hmm. and, and nothing bothers you because it's the mind that creates the problems. So there I am, you know, I don't know, I've just meditated and I walk out of my house and there's my neighbor and there's no thought that arises to say anything about that, that neighbor. And then I see my, you know, my mom and there's no thought that arises about my mom. So without those thoughts that arise, there, there's that person and there's just, there is just connection. And, because you know, the, person, the person isn't coming laden with, let's say, with your, you know, with your mother uh, with 40 years of a connection and, and a, a good, bad or indifferent connection, but that isn't there in that present moment. It's not there. It's not there. So the few things that aren't there, a few things that the mind does, the mind has a script for, um, for how things should be. So, you know, when I see Sam, this is what she should do. So without the script there, there's no expectation. There's no then expectation to be not met and to cause frustration. Also what the mind does is it, it makes comparisons. So, um, here's what should be happening or this is what happens for my friend in, in his or her marriage mm-hmm. and comparisons causes that problem and then absolutely like you say you know 40 years of of experience we have all that past that gets dragged up absolutely and and then projection into the future so the mind is just so busy doing all this <laughs> you know, crazy <laughs> stuff <laughs> no if i the reason that I had to find this way of working with the mind is that if I hadn't, it would have lost me my marriage mm. because you know, that's what the mind does. It just, it, it makes up stuff. It makes up stories. It makes up interpretations and all of those stories and interpretations are the cause of our disconnection. The stories and the, the misinterpretations or the interpretations are the cause of our unhappiness, our dissatisfaction. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I love that you said that, you know, like the, the, it's so important that remembering how much of the past we um, transpose onto the present moment. We overlay the present moment with those 10 times in the past. There's 100 times in the past where he or she has done that thing. And so we don't actually see our partner in the present moment because we're carrying that from the past. And the way to unhook from that, from that 40 years or 10 years or whatever of past, you've always done it this way and it's always bothered me. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. So it's about being in the moment, which is so much easier said than done. Right. But mm-hmm. one way that one way that I find really helps me be in the present moment is by naming what's going on. Naming facts without the fiction, so or naming sensations without the stories. So, let's say I've walked into the room. Um, let's say Sam's on her phone. So I can just name like woman, phone, sofa. That's it. Mm. So you're not right? even saying Sam is always on the phone when I come in, which could be seen as fact. 
Right, yeah, because that's from the past. So actually in this moment, all I've got is what's happening right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, again, that's the mind just gets so quiet. Woman, phone, sofa. That's all I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, it's really liberating because you don't have to do the work of keeping carrying the past, keeping carrying the future. It's just what is actually happening. And I mean, a, a, an amazing place that this works is the field of criticism. So um, let's say Sam points out something about myself. Let's say you're eating really fast. <laughs> okay, which is like my, you know, <laughs> I know it's a real flaw for me that I can eat really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that might not be a flaw with another partner. <laughs> right. They might not even notice it. Right. Yeah. But she, she notices it. Right. Okay. And it's, mm-hmm. So she notices it and she says, you're eating really fast. And maybe she's frowning and she's looking kind of disapproving. Mm-hmm. Right. I can just retaliate and defend and be like, why, you know, why, how do you, how dare you point that out? Why do you say that? Why do you always look for the bad in me? Why? I can go into all of that. Mm-hmm. Or I could just hear the words that she says. So she just said, you're eating fast. That's all that is happening in that moment is she's saying you're eating fast. And then I can take responsibility and I can look and just ask myself, am I eating fast? And if I am, if I find that, then I can ask, does that bother me? You know, if it doesn't bother me, I can just say, thank you for pointing that out. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm happy with the pace that I'm eating or I can say I am eating fast and I'm really trying to break that habit. Hmm. There's no, you know, there's no enemy, right? It takes out the emotional charge from it. There's no emotional charge. It's like you've just, so this is my favorite thing to do just to strip, like strip scenes of the soundtrack, strip scenes of the scripts, you know, strip all of those precious, precious moments with our loved ones from all of those stories and expectations and, and fiction, you know, fictional interpretations mm-hmm. that, block, that block connection. Yes, yes. You're, you're, you're lightening everything because the, all of mm-hmm. that, all of those stories and that emotional charge, gosh, it just ladens everything with so much weight. Yes, yes. Yeah, and we can, you know, people can often fear that if they do that, they let their partner off the hook, you know, or, or then they're never going to change. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And where I would where I'd point people, because this is where I've pointed myself, is does the other way work? You know, like I was chatting with a guy the other day and he was saying, if I don't nag my wife, you know, if I don't keep on at her, mm-hmm. she'll, never, she'll never do X, Y, Z. And I said, you know, is that working for you? Does it bring you peace? to do that and and he said no it doesn't so and it doesn't even get her to do what she you know he's and it doesn't to do. exactly it doesn't it mm-hmm. doesn't and actually could there be a different way you know what if you drop the script um for her and just focus on your own life your own actions your own behavior words deeds and let her, let her off the hook in a, in a really positive way for yourself. You know, do it to liberate yourself from having to hold someone on a hook. Mm-hmm. Because really holding someone on the hook is painful to do. Right. I know when I hold my husband on, the, on any kind of a hook, it feels so awful to me. Yeah. And that's really the overriding piece. And, and there's always the thought of, well, but if I don't, as you just said, mm-hmm. but 
that never feels good. I don't want to be responsible for him doing whatever it is that I think he should be doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, so beautiful that you say that because we have to look at whether what we're doing is working because we're, because we're, we're resistant to doing something different. If what we're doing isn't working, then let's be honest about that and, and give ourselves the chance of something different that may feel a lot, lot better. Mm-hmm. So I want to just shift away from this for a moment and ask you, because I know that you were working in such a different way in, um, in being an online entrepreneur and, and working with others in, in uh, I think, around marketing and branding, and mm-hmm. that something within you moved you to go in this new direction. How, how was that? What was that? Mm-hmm. It was just the absolute classic feeling of a calling. It was this unignorable daily niggle. <laughs> More than a niggle, it was like a, just like a, you have to do something different now. <laughs> it was really, really strong. It was, um, it was a sense of having shared all I wanted to share about marketing and having loved that journey and having loved the community that I worked with. And and having learned so much personally for myself about how to run a business and do marketing um, authentically. And it was just like, "Mm, this journey's over. This one's done. So um, I was being called somewhere else. And in my own personal life, like I said, I I, I would have lost my marriage if I hadn't have found this way of working with thoughts. Mm -hmm. And and so I just felt very, very strongly that people don't have this kind of... um, we haven't learned the skills, you know, we haven't learned how to do relationships. We haven't learned the skills. And, and actually I think a lot of the material that's out there about relationships is counterproductive because it's talking, it's kind of, it's, it's fueling our sense that we have needs and our partner should be meeting them. And if they're not meeting them, then it's, you know, we are right to be unhappy about that. Mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to enter the space of relationships and marriage with a very different message because it yeah. was the one that worked for me and that worked for all the people that I was working with. Yeah. Yeah. The, that other way of working really institutionalizes blame and victim. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You're right to feel this. Uh, it's like, mm, it's, it's not helpful. It doesn't bring you into connection. No, no. Anytime that I find myself or my husband in that place of wanting to be right or feeling wrong, I know mm. we're not in the right place. Mm, you know, I, just, I have to stop in that moment and say, wait a minute, you know, this, this isn't about me being right. I don't want to be right. I yes. just, I want to come to the place of truth and connection. Mm. Yes. You know, it's so beautiful when, you, when we get in a relationship in the beginning, we don't tell all our friends, you know, oh my gosh, I love this person. I love this relationship because I get to feel right all the time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's not what makes a relationship feel good. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so where along the way do we start thinking that that's what is going to make us feel good? It just is not, it's that it's what we felt in those early days was just pure connection and love and like, wow. And awe and putting ourselves aside to a large extent, you know, just losing ourselves in the loving of someone else. And uh, that's what I, that's what I help people get back to. Yeah. And I feel such a sense of freedom in, in hearing you speak about that. And I feel, I feel how you do it because you carry that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. 
So people are so often questioning a relationship and you know, wondering, should I stay? Should I go? What's right? What's wrong? Yeah. What do you think people need to really question instead of questioning the relationship? Mm. Well, we think we have needs, right? And I'm not sure at what point we started to be told that we had needs, but it's definitely popular now that we uh-huh. have needs. You know, I have needs and they need to be met. So, <laughs> so, so, we, so we, we assume that they, we have needs. Mm-hmm. We then expect that they're met from our partner all the time in all the ways that we want them to, all the ways that we're scripting them to mm-hmm. need to meet them. And so then when they're not met, we then feel resentful, disappointed, bitter, frustrated, etc. And so rather than questioning a relationship, I would question the needs, right? Mm. Do I actually need these things that I think I need? And, and one place that I can find no, you know, no, no <laughs> these are not needs, is because if these were needs, then all single people would be either dead, you know, if they're like survival, <laughs> or, or just at least deeply unhappy. And, and we know this is not true. We know that all single people are not deeply unhappy. We, we all know very, very happy, fulfilled, content single people. But what if I need something, even if it's not true for everybody? So, well, if, you're, if, if you need it, I just would question that you need it. Because if you were single and therefore not in a partnership, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be getting it. So therefore, mm-hmm. therefore, how when we get in a partnership do we suddenly need something that we didn't need when we were single? So it's, it's, it turns around back around to what you were speaking about earlier of how can I take care of myself? How can I create the recipe for what I'm saying I need and build that as a practice of self-care? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for, for some of us, we have, um, I know you talk about the energies. Um, I, I will use the word God. You know, mm-hmm. we, when I say meeting them ourselves, I don't mean that we, we necessarily meet them all in our human, mm-hmm. from our humanness, right? It might be that we, we find the need met for security, let's say, in a sense of a higher power or mm-hmm. a, a force or energy or whatever we believe in we get our need for security or identity or significance or all of that. We can get that met elsewhere than in a partner. And, and so I would have people just question that that's what a partner's job is to, yes, yes. to meet these needs um, as like the next step beyond just questioning whether they're, whether they're actually needs in the first place. Yeah. That, that's so amazing to me because I just um, returned from a three and a half day writing retreat and oh, yeah. the book that I wrote there was all about that, was all about mm. that original relationship and that original relationship oh. with, with God, with presence yeah. and, and how it gets physicalized, you know, into our mm. parents, into our partners, whatever. But that, that, that original relationship is really the most important one. It's the one yes. we have within ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And my concept of God is, is a, a force, a being, an identity that is perfect. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that will never let us down and will mm-hmm. never disappoint and will always be there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, anytime I'm looking to a human for those things, that, that human is a human. They are not going to consistently 100% provide me with those things. And I'm just setting myself up for disappointment if I expect them to. 
Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm putting an expectation on them that is not fair to a human being. But I can put that expectation on God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then be open to receive it. And then when I get that from a human, it's a bonus. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, wow, and you're, and you're here for me right now. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't yeah. need you to be here for me. But the fact that you are, wow, that's, that's an extra on top yeah. of the baseline that I'm getting from a source that I can rely on. Mm-hmm. And how beautiful that is. And then yeah. the partners get to appreciate us appreciating them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I love that when um, I think Sam said I was, I was on my way home and she said something like, um, Oh, it would be really great if you could take those things out of the car boot and take them into the house. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, I, but I don't expect you to do it. Okay, and she I was really clear. Like, I don't expect you to do it. So then when I get home, of course, I wanted to do it. <laughs> because she didn't expect me to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, then, and then when she walked into the house and there those items were, I mean, she didn't have to go out in the cold of the car. That was a bonus to her. Whereas, whereas if she'd expected it, then I'd have done it kind of, like oh I have to do it and then she'd have got home expecting to see it it's just expectations are they are just the root of all (laughs) and I I had a friend say in the most beautiful way she said expectations are premeditated resentments Ooh, that's beautiful yes expectations are premeditated resentments and if people would stop to kind of post that in their mind's eye and then check into that through the day and how they're relating to their partners or their children or their, their employees. Yeah. We'd see something very different indeed. Yeah. And we, and you know, I love that you use the word see because we would see, we would actually see what's actually happening rather than we've got this script and then reality and we're comparing the two. So we're not really seeing reality. There's that. It's like, does this match my script? Uh-uh. Oh, no, she's in trouble. It doesn't match my script. Mm-hmm. You know, we're only going to be happy a certain percentage of the time if we're always looking to match our script on reality. Whereas if we just see reality as it is without any script, then reality is always going to delight us because there's nothing that it's comparing against that we can be disappointed with. Yes, yes. I often have people in my um, meditation classes say, oh, well, this one was very different than last time because da-da-da-da-da. Mm. I didn't do as well as because da-da-da-da-da. Right. Oh, and my gosh. Harrison doesn't allow them, well, neither to appreciate nor to even experience what today, what this moment has been about. Yes. Oh, yes. And, you know, that's so um, relevant to the field of sex. You know, if we're looking at sex, how mm. often people are comparing with either yeah, times in the past, comparing with what they want instead, comparing with, well, that's not how it was, you know, I heard my neighbor making, you know, <laughs> ecstatic noises and <laughs> I'm comparing with the noises that my partner's making or I'm comparing with the film or I'm comparing with what my friend told me. One of the greatest areas that we, we kill all connection is when we're comparing what's actually happening for us sexually with what we think should be happening or what we think we want to be happening. Oh, yes. And, and, you know, it's the what people talk about often is the, the Facebook dilemma. You know, mm-hmm. their relationship looks so great. They always do this and they have that and they... No. Yeah, yeah. no, no. You know, I love that quote you 
read at the beginning, you know, that's in my bio. Um, Sam and I being described as the epitome of what a happy and healthy marriage should look like. And of course it was, you know, it was said by someone who does not see us 24 <laughs> seven. Right. You know, right. they've not, they've not seen the places where I was destroying my marriage with my thoughts about Sam and what I, mm-hmm. what I wanted instead. Um, and, and what makes it now a happy, healthy marriage is that I've been there, you know, I've been there, done that. Um, I, I've worked with the mind in this way. Um, so it truly is happy and healthy. But yeah, like you say, it's not the Facebook ideal happy, healthy. It's truly happy and healthy. Yes. And that makes all the difference. Yeah. Well, I have an unusual question for you as we're, we're coming towards uh, our close today. And I, I know that, or I happen to know that you love to dance. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so how do you see relationship dynamics show up when partners dance together? Hmm. You mean physically dance or metaphorically? Yeah, no, physically dance. Yeah, I'm thinking back to when my husband and I were learning how um. to do it. We took dance lessons for our quote-unquote wedding dance. Oh, wow. I love to dance. He's mm. not so fond of it, uh, mm. not comfortable. So we took lessons. Yeah. And, and it was an interesting dynamic to see, you know, I love to dance, so I like to lead, or just I do, and blah, 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 blah. So I'm wondering how, that, how you see that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> you know, what, what I love is that um, in relationships, we get into these patterns, right? So I'll do this move. And then Sam will do that move and then I'll do that move. And we'll have these like default ways of working. Mm-hmm. So, and what, what really improves relationships um, is where if it's not working, if, that, if those dance moves aren't working, that you do something different, just anything different at all. Mm-hmm. So um, for, our, for our wedding dance, our, our actual wedding dance, we hadn't prepared it at all. We hadn't done what, you know, <laughs> brilliant idea that you guys had. Um, so we were just kind of like swaying together, like, like, just kind of you know in love but like what are we doing <laughs> and one of us would just kind of raise you know I would raise my eyebrow and be like I'll just suddenly do something different and then uh-huh. she would kind of raise her eyebrow and then kind of suddenly do something different and and I think that's um it's just really fitting because you just you're in it together not to take it too seriously yeah. to just like have that connection and be like could we do something different here yeah. You know, rather than like, well, no, this is what we're meant to be doing. I'm going to control you and I'm going to, you know, you're not moving how I want you to move and it becoming heavy and serious and prescriptive. Mm-hmm. Um, just takes the fun out of it. Just, it just does. have that, like, have that eyebrow raised kind of, ooh, <laughs> I, I wonder what. something else. Yeah. And then that means that when your partner does something that you think is ridiculous, <laughs> um, it's like the improv principle. Just say yes and you know, she just did that. Let's just say yes to that and then build on it. Um, and then there's no move that's really off limits. You know, it's all, it can all be included. Right. Right. And that sounds like that, that extends then to everything in a relationship, which is what I love about it. Yeah. Just say yes, you know, say yes to whatever your partner is doing Mm -hmm. and, and then build on that rather than making them wrong, rather than resenting them, just, where can we, you know, where can we dance this together? And that's why it takes one person because whatever that, however that person is dancing, you can dance off of that to create the experience that you want to create. Mm. Build on it to create what you want to, to have. Yeah. So um, 
it feels like that way of saying yes and, and then mm-hmm. building on that, building on that to create the experience you want is a beautiful way to encapsulate all of what you've been saying about working with relationships and how you work with, with relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It is. It really is. It's, you know, you changing the experience of your marriage, of your relationship without the other person needing to change or engage it just being fully in your hands, which is so empowering and liberating. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want. We want that liberation. We want that connection with ourselves and with our partner. Yeah. Our partner, our child, our parent, whoever, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Karina. This has been just such a heartfelt conversation. I I really have appreciated all that you've shared with with me and with our audience. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for the excellent insights and examples that you've brought. Really, I'm really grateful for those. So you can find out more about Karina and her work at KarinaGordonBarnes.com. Karina, could you spell that for us so our listeners can make sure they can find you? Sure. So Karina is C-O-R-R-I-N-A, Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N, and Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S. Thank you for that. And thank you all for joining me at Wisdom Talk Radio today. If you enjoyed what you heard, Leave us a comment on our Facebook page, Wisdom Talk Radio. Subscribe on iTunes or Podbean and don't miss a show. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.